We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. All right, everybody. How is everybody doing this evening in Plano, Texas? I hope that you're doing great. Welcome everybody in the room and everybody joining us online. You are at Redemption Church in Plano, Texas. My name is Chris Lewitt. I'm glad to be sharing the Word of God with you today. We are in our sermon series, Problem Solver, but real quick, I just got to point out, this is our last Sunday in this space here. I'm so thankful for this space. I'm really thankful for the space that we're going to be moving into next Sunday. Everybody say next Sunday. Sunday. 2001 Independence Parkway. Say all of that. Very good. And 430. All right. Different bat time, different bat place, but same bat Jesus. All right. We want you to be with us. We're so glad to be with everyone. Look at somebody and say, hey, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. And mean it. Make sure you mean it. Let your eyes mean it. Let your eyes say it. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. We are in our sermon series called Problem Solver. We're actually in week three. And today is day 56 of the year 2024. Day 56. All right. And for some of you, you might already be going, gosh, can we fast forward already? Some of you are already having a hard time. Let's just get real. You had your your New Year's resolutions and those did not turn out so well. That is okay. Me too. I don't have nine pack abs yet. I'm ready to give it all up. I just, I thought I was going to have that by by January 5th and it's 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 56 days and we don't have it. But 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 real, let's get real for a second. Some people are really going through some hard stuff. Yeah. And you might have already gotten some bad news. And you might be already going through something that caused you to go, whoa, this is already the worst year. I, I had high hopes for this year, but it's bad already. I want to talk to you about that today in a, in a sermon I want to title, Turning Your Tough Year Around. It's not too late to turn this year around. Uh, years become uh, defined by happenings. Would you agree with that? In fact, me and my wife, uh, we, when we talk about the years, we go, what year was that? We go, well, I know that it was after Will was born, and he was born this year, and it was before we moved into that house in Garland, so it had to be somewhere around, I don't know, 2013. My, that's how we do that. Anybody else, like, you, you, yeah. you sort through time through your happenings, and sometimes those are good happenings. Like, raise your hand if you know the year you graduated. And anytime someone says the year 1998, I'm like, I remember that year well. It was many, many years ago, but I remember that year well. Or the year you were married, or the year a child was born, or the year you got a career, or hopefully the year that you came to Jesus and you had a transformational moment, you were baptized in his wonderful name. We have these moments and years are defined by their happenings but I got to tell you, they're usually negative happenings. Can anybody think of a negative event that happened in a year 1963? Yes. Did somebody shout out? What was it? Kennedy's assassination. Kennedy's assassination in Dallas, Texas. That was 1963. When you say that year, that's what people think of. How about the year 2001? 9-11. The Twin Towers fell 
and with them our world changed forever. How about any year between 1939-1945? World War II, just marked by lots of bloodshed, lots of lives lost. The, the Holocaust, it was a terrible time. And I, I don't know, guys, how about 2020? Can anybody remember that far back? 2020, anyone? Yeah, it's the year of a pandemic. It's the year of COVID-19. It's the year of mass. It's the year of no kids in school. It was just a really, really weird time in our life. And we look back on these moments, and if we studied those years, I'm sure we could find something good that happened, yeah. right? There was probably some medical breakthrough that happened every one of those years. There was probably some scientific discovery. There was probably some heartwarming uh, story that happened those years where somebody overcame and a world record was broken. Babies were born those years. Marriages were performed those years. But yet, when we say those days, when we say those years, they are indelibly marked by an event. Good things happen, bad things happen. Usually the, the worst things are what we remember. We've all experienced bad years. Real quick, can I get a, a, just a witness all through this house? Anybody, anybody experience bad years? We know what it's like to experience bad years. We're talking years where uh, you're served papers that say divorce on them. We're talking about years where you lost your job. The finances just went crazy. You had to uh, declare bankruptcy. How about bad health? If you ever got the phone call and heard the words, I'm sorry, but you have cancer. You never forget that. How about struggles in schools with bullies? How about death? We remember these things. These are bad things. These are can we just get real? These are the worst things. Years defined, often negative. Wouldn't it be good if God had a way for us to turn the worst around? Wouldn't that be good? Yeah. Who thinks maybe God does? Yeah. yeah, that's what we're talking about today. Yeah. Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died. Everyone said King Uzziah. Uzziah. Who's King Uzziah? We got to explain that before we can go any further. Well, King Uzziah was a king of Israel. Technically, if you want to get technically, you can push up your theological nerd glasses for a moment. Technically, he's the king of Judah because there was a time period where the king, where the, the nation of Israel split and you had a northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. He's technically the king of Judah, but no one cares about that. We're just going to keep it simple. Everybody say he's the king of Israel. Okay, that's all you need to know. And he was a successful king. In fact, if you had your uh, Mount Rushmore of the kings of Israel, you would have King David on there. You would have King Solomon on there. And you would definitely have King Uzziah. You would struggle to come up with the fourth guy. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus well, he's number one, but that's for another sermon series, Dad. All right. Yes, those kings of Israel, right? Most of the time, those kings of Israel had a really rough time. You, you understand? King Uzziah was the exception to the rule. 52 years he was king. And he was known uh, for a time of prosperity. He was known for a time of power. There were times where Israel went hungry, but not with King Uzziah. All of their vineyards flourished. And he, he invested in, in agriculture. And they boomed 
and it, they all felt the, the, the windfall of financial gain through it. And then also there are times in Israel's past where they lost battle after battle. There's actually a time in Israel's past where they only had two swords in the entire nation. The time of King Saul, they only had two swords, but not with King Uzziah. They were armed to the teeth. He is one of the few kings in Israel's history that actually gained territory for the nation of Israel. And then he also, he, he inherited a mess, but he turned it into a marvel. And it caused him to be loved in Israel, but he wasn't just loved in Israel. He was respected beyond the borders of Israel. Second Chronicles 26 and 8 says this, the Ammonites, let me teach you something about the Bible. If it says ites at the end, they're probably the bad guys. You can just, there, you got the Israelites and then you got the, any other ites hate the Israelites. That's just, you know, so the Ammonites, they're bad guys. You ever say bad guys? But what the Ammonites do, the Ammonites brought tribute to who? Uzziah. Uzziah. And his fame spread as far as the border of Egypt because he had become very powerful. I want you to get this picture. Usually the Ammonites were attacking Israel, but King Uzziah was so well respected that they sent tribute. They sent gifts to him as if to say, hey, King Uzziah, please don't hurt us. And that is how successful King Uzziah was. The people loved Uzziah. But what year are we talking about? We're talking about the year that King Uzziah died. And that was the year of the worst. That was the year of the worst for Israel. They were left saying, now what? We finally had a good king. We hadn't had a good king in a long time. Now do you think his son is up to the task? And they're asking all these questions. They're worried and they don't know what to do next. What do we usually do next when we experience the worst? Well, all too often we experience depression when the worst happens. And we go straight down. And what we feel is heavy. And we lose our smile. And we lose our song. And we lose our hope. That is often what happens. Let's get real. That is that Christian and non-Christian, when the worst happens, we get shaken to the core. And depression is usually followed by isolation. We usually shut down. We usually don't tell others about the worst thing that happened. We usually are struggling. We keep it all to ourselves. And maybe for good reason, because maybe we tried to open up in the past and people said, oh, well, you know, the Cowboys are playing. Why are you talking about me to, to this about me? And maybe people didn't care for us. So we have depression, we have isolation. And then there's the third thing. It's the worst thing. They give up. The person that you know that has committed suicide, and I dare to guess that everybody in here knows somebody that has committed suicide. I'm telling you, the person that committed suicide experienced the worst. They fell into depression. They fell into isolation. And they gave up. That's usually what happens when the worst comes our way. But I'm so glad to tell you that God has another path for you today. He does. And listen, that's our message to the world because the worst is happening every time you turn on the news. You know what I'm talking about. So going back to our verse, Isaiah 6 and 1, it does say a little more. Let's read it together again. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord 
seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Very quickly, I want to give you three things that turned around the year for the prophet Isaiah. And here's number one. He saw God. If you can see God in the worst of times, man, you are ready for a turnaround. And in this story, King Uzziah dies, but the prophet Isaiah sees the Lord. What does it mean to see the Lord? Well, listen, I have never actually visually seen Jesus. I have never actually had a vision where God is signing there and he's got the voice, the James Earl Jones voice. I've never had that. Now, that's possible. And if you've had that, I want to hear about it. Let's have coffee because I love stories like that and I believe stories like that. But can I tell you, I've actually never had that story. So what am I talking about when I say seeing God? I'm talking about experiencing God. I'm talking about you feel God's presence. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Have you ever had a moment where you just knew God was with you? That's what happened to Isaiah. He saw God. He knew God was with him. And if you see God, if you experience God, you know what's so powerful about that? You know he's real. And maybe maybe you've had, you're blessed to know that he's real. Not everybody knows that. I am so thankful for those God moments in my life because I know no matter what's thrown my way, no matter worse, the worst that I'm experiencing, I know that God is real. You need to have that experience. You can have that experience. You can have that experience while you're worshiping. You can have that experience while you're praying. You can have that experience right now. And I pray that you feel something supernatural right now while I'm praying to you. Not because this sermon just hit on all cylinders and hit all the boxes that you wanted. And he was just really eloquent. No, none of that because let's get real. I'm not those things. But I want you to feel God, because he's real and he's here right now and he wants to be experienced by you. What year was it? It was the year that King Uzziah died. It was the year of the worst. But I'm here to tell you today, even when the worst happens, God can be seen. Even when the worst happens that tears your part apart, you can still experience God. And that's what's in this story. So if you are experiencing the worst, number one thing you do is you say, God, I want to experience you. Redemption Church, we are not just a place we come to sing a song, sing a, uh, preach you a sermon, and then send you home. We're a place where people come to experience God. And when they experience God, they are never the same. And I'm a witness of that. Not only did Isaiah see God and know he's real, but number two, he found purpose. Somebody say, find purpose. purpose. Isaiah sees God, and then Isaiah receives his purpose straight from God. In verse 9, God tells Isaiah, go and tell the people. That's what he says. Everybody say that. Go and tell the people. And you know what? For the rest of Isaiah's life, that's exactly what he did as a prophet of God. He went everywhere and God gave him the words to say and he told the people. He never had to second guess what his life was all about ever again because God gave him a purpose. 
You see God, but it will never stop with seeing God and experiencing God. When you experience God, God will also change your life, change your direction, open up your eyes, give you a true north, and give you a purpose. And that's what happened here. One of my favorite verses, this verse finds its way into a lot of sermons, so you should know this one. It's Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. It says, for we are God's handiwork. Who's he talking about? Us. Everybody say us, us, us. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared later for us. Which, which God prepared once you got your act together. Once you got your act together, that's when God had this purpose for you. No, once you stop that sinning problem, right? Once you got baptized, it, no, no. In advance. How advanced? Before you. Before you ever got here, God prepared a good work for you to do. Listen, hi, you got a purpose. And if you get a full glimpse of this God, he is going to reveal a purpose that is eternal. We're talking about a purpose that just won't, you know, just last a season, but it's an eternal purpose. It's a, it's a purpose that exists before you. And if it's a God purpose, it will exist way after you. Anybody ever find a purpose in Jesus Christ? No, what year did this happen? It happened in that same terrible worst year. It was the year that King Uzziah died. But in that year, Isaiah saw God and he found his purpose. And here's point three. We're already point three. You ready? Here it is. He envisioned victory. Can you say envisioned victory? We're going to read the verse one more time. Isaiah 6, 1. It says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train, everybody say train, train. of his robe filled the temple. What is this train about? Is this like Thomas the Trank engine? It's like, whoop, is that, is there a Holy Ghost train? This train is bound for glory. Is that what this is? No, it's, it's none of those things. And if you don't know that song, we got to hang out. I got to sing you this train is bound. That was the song I grew up with. Sorry. What is this train of his robe? Well, the word train there means him. It's like the, the length of a, of a, of a, of a robe or, or a gown or a, or a outfit that you would wear. And I want to talk about this part so you understand what's going on here. In the ancient world, kings wouldn't dress like just anybody. They would dress really, really ornately, right? Think about like the, the British wedding, right? With the, with the king and the, the queen getting married and how ornate that is, right? Even the princes and the princess getting married. It's like, it's like, wow. And you see the train of the bride's gown and it goes all the way down, almost out the back of the church. It's this long, uh, I would call it like a cape because I'm a dude and I think of Batman and stuff. But no, it's a long edge of that gown that goes out. In the ancient world, they always did that. And the more ornate the clothing of the king meant he was more successful in battle than others. In fact, when a king would win in battle, they'd go and say, we got to get him a new suit. And we got to put something on it that marks this victory. And often it would be the train of their robe and they would lengthen the train of the king. Because he just won a battle. He's got more glory in just seeing him. And also in the ancient world, this is what they would do. 
if one king defeated another king, this king's dressed really fancy and this king's dressed really fancy, right? But this king defeats this king. What would happen is he would subdue this king and he would cut off the train of that king's robe and he would sew it to his own robe. And now his robe is that much longer because he has all the victories of that king are now his. All the reach of that king's domain are now his. And so we'd have long, longer, longer still robes of kings. And it always meant that the king was victorious. Now wait, this is the year that who died? There's a king dead. But Isaiah sees that there's another king who is not dead. And that he is still seated high on a throne. And it says that he has a train of his robe that is so long. He has got so many victories that it fills the entire temple. We're talking the temple in Jerusalem that was a wonder of the world that was huge. He, Isaiah saw all the victories of God. He envisioned them and they overflowed. They filled the entire temple. That is how victorious God is. When the worst is happening, you need to envision the victories of God. Yes. Well, listen, I don't just tell you this part of the story because it makes a good thing to preach. I have lived this part of the story. One year ago, if you asked us how our year was going, we would tell you we have lived through the worst year of our life. We were in and out of the hospital with our older son. Will was always in the hospital. He had a pain in his body that no doctors could figure out. The pain was so severe, he'd vomit every day. Not just once, four or five times. He lost nearly 30 pounds because he couldn't keep food down. He would become dehydrated. He would have to constantly go back into the hospital. We'd have a whole new set of doctors and say... We don't know what the problem is. He went under the knife. We went under surgeries more than once to try to figure out the issue. We had medical procedures done and we tried every medicine that they asked us to take. We said, yes, we'll take that. We didn't miss a dose. We were very precise with it, but nothing ever worked. We're talking, they gave the kid morphine and he still was in pain. They gave the kid fentanyl and he was still in pain. Nothing worked and it was so expensive and it was so troubling. We were at our wit's end. We didn't know what to do. But I would tell you that on those nights in that hospital, my son asleep, the lights out, it's that quiet time in the hospital. I would just walk around his bed and I would sing a song that we sing here often. And I just sang it by faith. I didn't know how I was going to see this happen. But I believed I would see this happen. I was saying, I'm going to see a victory. You know it, sing it. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Listen, I had no idea how I was going to see it. But I believed by faith. I envisioned by faith. That somehow 
God was going to see us through this time. Now listen, I would have had that happen on day one. Saved us a lot of money in emergency rooms and hospitals, right? Saved us a lot of time and heart. But God, it took a while. It took nearly a year. But one day, when we least expected it, we were in our house, in our bedroom, and Will came in and we started to pray together. And we just prayed such a simple prayer of repentance. And we asked Jesus to come cleanse our hearts and take away all of the worst in us. Yes. And we prayed that and Will had this kind of surprised look on his face. And I said, Will, how do you feel? And Will said, the pain is gone. Next month will make one year that God did that. Let me tell you, that was the worst year. But in that year, I saw God. My son found purpose in his life. And I'm telling you, I envisioned a victory that now I'm standing on this side of it. And the work is done. You can have the same. God can do the same for you. We're going to hand out cards all over this house. Don't get too distracted about it. But we're going to hand you some cards and some pens. And while we're due, I want to tell you that it was the year that King Uzziah died. And it was the year that Isaiah saw God. It was both. And sometimes in Christianity, we make light of the worst. Y'all hear me. They're handing out cards, but I need you right here. Sometimes we make light of the worst. And when somebody comes to us and says, the worst is going on in my life, they, we just kind of pass it off and say, ah, oh, you just have faith. God's going to work it out. And while it's true that they need to have faith, and while it's true that we're going to work it out, we kind of dismiss the worst. Can we cut that out already? Can we stop that enough? The worst happens. But let me tell you, just because the worst happens doesn't mean the best can't happen. And it can happen in the same year. Yeah. Isaiah did not, did not uh, hide the fact that the worst happened. Right. He says in the year that King Uzziah died. But guess what? Just because the worst happened didn't keep him from receiving a better thing. Yeah. He says and both in the same verse, it has both the bad and it has the good and it all happens in the same year. I don't know what you're going through today, but I want, to, I want this to be a place where we don't make light of the worst that you're going through. But I also want us to be set free from the worst in our past. You know, some people have gone through the worst and it's been 10 years and they're still there. It's been decades and they're still where they got that phone call or where they got the divorce papers or where they lost their, their home. I'm telling you that you don't have to stay in the worst. The worst and the best, they're both meeting in the same spot. And I think God has that for us today. I have before you these cards and I've got a call to action for all of us. On one side of that card, I want you to write the worst. I want you to write the worst that you need to be healed from. I want you to write the worst 
that is still affecting you or maybe it's weighing heavy on your mind. It's bothering you right now. I want you to write the worst. And while you're writing that, I want you to realize that you're confessing that. You're saying that. Now, let me put your mind at ease. I'm not going to ask you to show that to me. I'm not going to ask you. I'm not going to tell you to actually show that to anybody. But I want you to confess what the worst is for you. And I want you to write that down. I do want to challenge you with this. Have you had trouble telling others about the worst? Have you, have you had trouble asking somebody, hey, what should I do? I'm going through this hard, hardship. Have you had trouble saying, hey, would you pray with me? I'm going through this really hard time. If that's you, I'd like to ask why. Why would you go through the worst alone? You don't have to go through it alone. That's what prayer is about. And you can pray by yourself, but let me tell you, God tells us to pray for one another. And before tonight's over, I, I want to challenge you to find someone in this room that you trust and say, hey, this is my worst. Would you not judge me, but would you pray for me over what I am going through? Everybody say the worst. I want you to confess that tonight. Now I want you to turn it over. And I want you to write what you want to see God do in your life. How do you want to experience God? Go ahead and write it. It might be, God, I want to see you answer this prayer. God, I want to hear your voice. God, I want to know that you are with me. I want to feel your peace and I want to have joy and I want to have hope again. Maybe it's the purpose that you need. Write down that purpose. Some of you know your purpose and that's great. How are you doing on it? If you're anything like me, we're so far from fulfilling it. So write that down. God, help me fulfill my purpose. Maybe you don't know your purpose. Then you need to just write some question marks. Purpose, what is it? God, reveal it to me. And then I want you to, by faith, envision that victory on that side of the card. Now that's one card. On one side is the worst. But on the other side... That's where you see God, you find your purpose, and you envision your victory. I want to ask our worship team to come. Come on, worship team. As they come, I, I, I want to just end this sermon by asking you to imagine a better life for you. Can you imagine a time where you are no longer bound by the worst? That, that you could just say, that's something that happened, but it's no longer in the present for me. That's possible for you. That could happen for you tonight. You could have that victory tonight. You can have it. Why don't you reach out for that? And when we, we're going to sing and worship in this place, I would like you to worship. I would maybe, I would ask you to find someone in this church to ask, would you pray with me and show them your worst? And you show them your worst and let's pray for one another. If you need somebody to pray with you and you don't know who to come to, you could come to me right here in the front. I'd be glad to pray with you. I know that we have a God who is real and he's created things for you to do before he created you. And he's got a vision and a victory for you. Why don't you come and let's worship all over this place as they sing and pray. I'm going to pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for everybody in the room, everybody watching, listening online. Bless us, God. Move in our life, God. Help us to be closer to you, God. Give us victory over the worst. God, help us to move forward. Even when the worst happens, we can see God and experience Him. 
and we can have a bright new future in Jesus name come on let's reach out to God let's have a transforming moment in this place in Jesus name for more information about redemption look us up online at redemption-church.com we want to hear from you so be sure to connect with us on Facebook Twitter or even our anonymous question text line at 214-856-0550 